Okay, welcome back to the Rambling Men podcast. This is podcast number three, and today we're going to be talking with Autumn Dawn Leader about her songwriting, uh, and we're also going to talk about the topic of lyrics in songs. How important are lyrics in songs? I think they're pretty important. If you don't have them, it's just a tune. That's true, actually. It's just a melody, isn't it? However, well, the first thing I want to ask is, how important do you think rhyme is in a song? Mm. Kind of strange, isn't it? Because we're brought up with songs that rhyme, Mm. but they don't have to. Mm. We're brought up with songs that rhyme rhyme very, very badly. I remember one, there's a wipe off, wipe off that gloomy mask of tragedy, it's not your style. You look so good, you'll be glad you decided to smile. Oh, wow. Oh, it's clever, but it's clumsy. Yeah, it seems a bit clunky, but I guess it's, that's the difficulty I have with rhyme sometimes. I mean, I think rhyme is important because it may, it brings a certain sense of familiarity to a song and it, so it brings a, a certain sense of um, reason to a song it makes it feel logical it makes it flow and people can start to anticipate what the next rhyme is going to be and it's a little bit of a, a fun game between the songwriter and the listener because they anticipate that it's going to be this word and sometimes you do give them that word and sometimes you give them a different word but in that case it's a, it's a it seems to be a point of trying to force a rhyme where a rhyme doesn't doesn't really exist. Yeah. I like to use sometimes internal rhymes in the lines. Yeah. So I'll have two or three words that rhyme within the line and then the last word might rhyme with another word on another another line in the song. Um, and in terms of structure, how you rhyme also influences how, how the song flows because sometimes you might have a song which is more like a limerick style where you've got two lines that rhyme two lines of a different rhyme and then you go back to your original rhyme on your last line um, that sort of thing I've used where the last line maybe becomes a refrain so it's something that you repeat uh, at the end of each of your verses or whatever um, and when it comes to when it comes to rhyme I think what's important to me is that it doesn't feel forced that you're not pronouncing a word in the in the wrong way just to try and make it rhyme with something else in the line. Yeah, you should avoid forcing words like shoehorning things in where they don't really want to be. I, I wrote some part of an online course and we just had initially to produce an idea for a song mm. and a couple of verses. And it's got lines like, you slither like a lizard against the desert of my mind. And then I got lizard to rhyme with lizard but part of the course you sent your work off and it was peer reviewed by other students and somebody came back and said I love the start but where are you going to go after these two verses you've got wizard and gizzard and you're not going to get them in a song Mm. so maybe don't focus on the rhyming or look for things that are not straight rhymes you know wizard gizzard well the other thing that um, different songwriters have talked about I know you and I both have been reading some uh, books by Pat Patterson and stuff is they'll talk about close rhymes rather than actual rhymes so like with with lizard you might come up with withered yeah and it's it's similar but it doesn't yeah. exactly rhyme but it does enough yeah if it's delivered in the right way yeah that to, is exactly to get you through the other thing that's important with 
with rhyme is it develops the tempo, I think. You know, like you just said, if you've got two, a two-syllable rhyme, it's got a certain jumpiness to it, whereas a, a single-syllable rhyme can be a bit more punchy uh, and used a lot more in sort of pop music. Um, but it just depends, I suppose, what, what sort of tempo you're trying to deliver it at. But that can really have an impact on, on the song, the sound that you've tried to go with to, to use for the, for the rhyme. And it's like you just said there as well, you know, have you chosen a rhyme which is going to be very limiting and it's going to force you up a dead-end street? Yeah. Of course, you can say that would tend to be a very negative situation. But since we're not laying down rules, this is just opinions, um, you could do that so long as you're creative enough to break away out of it. Mm. Um, and, you know, the moon, June, balloon, they can be very cliched, but again, it depends what what the context is. Mm. Um, there are some very successful songs that use really, really simple lyrics. Mm. I just, I would mention the use of books. I never became a songwriter when I was a teenager because I always assumed that songwriters were talented people who just had this huge vocabulary of new stuff and stuff poured out. I didn't realise you had to work at it. Um, but you don't just have to work at it, you have to have resources. Nowadays, I always have a thesaurus um, so I can look up alternative words and I have a rhyming dictionary. Mm. And I've got a couple of other books that I refer to. I've got Pat Patterson's book. Have you got this one, Writing Better Lyrics? Yes, I have. So that it, one, yeah. it's, it's basically, it's a homework book for people who want to write mm. songs. And I've got um, biographies of songwriters who give their opinions. Um, and I find them useful, and it, but uh, just as guides, not as this is how you write a song. The best tip I've ever seen, just decide what words you want to write. Don't write the lyric, and then work backwards. Mm. So if you've got a series of words that make sense, there are limited possibilities as to what can go before them. Mm. So you could do it that way, so you're not writing a lyric and trying to think of a rhyme end each line mm. you start at the end of each line and work backwards yeah it's an interesting way of looking at it and I think with things like what you were just talking about with books and, and guidance and, and things you can read online and everything everything's meant to be taken with a pinch of salt you know if if there was a, a formula that you had to follow that made a perfect song then you would only ever hear one style of of song, everything would sound very similar, and I think that it's good to break away from that. It's good to look at what you're doing, and it's good to analyze what you've done. That's something that I've started to do in recent times. It used to be that I would just write a song, that's it, that's it, I've written the song, it's done, and I wouldn't ever change anything. And actually, looking at what you've written and, and taking the time to analyze each and every line and decide whether have I said what I want to say or am I saying something else have I taken the listener on a journey with me I think it's important to analyse what you've written I think it's important to look at each line that you've written in a song and to think about where am I trying to take my listener where is the story trying to go am I actually saying what I want to say in that line or have I changed what I'm saying in order to fit a rhyme in Yeah, you know it's important that we 
really it's important that we are happy with what we produce as an end result um, if you want it to have any longevity and it's important that the listener is on board that you've not left them behind or tried to be too clever with things where you end up frustrating people and they say oh I'm not listening to this anymore this is rubbish they're just creating words that rhyme and it has no actual you know context yeah. it has no meaning I think also that it's kind of important to remember that sometimes talking about songwriting can be can sound heavy the songs don't have to be heavy and laden with meaning but they have to have the feeling of telling a story I just think that's important that some some songs do tell stories that are tight and intimate and moving and some th- seem to be telling stories that actually are just clever use of lines and rhymes that give the impression of being a story but when you look deeper into it they're, they're incomplete or they're not really stories however because of the because of how it's written, because of the rhymes they use, and like you said about uh, when you know what's coming next because of the rhyming situation, you know a particular word, it is a likely outcome, you feel you already know something, you're part of, part of that experience, um, and it doesn't matter that it's not a story, so long as you've got the feeling that it's something you, you're part of, even the simplest pop song, you know, if you're sitting singing Love Me Do or whatever, you know, which isn't the most com- complex song, you still feel part of it because it's well put together. Mm. Well, I think that obviously brings the, the importance of repetition mm. in a song, you know, because obviously Love Me Do has a lot of repetition in it. And because of that, within a very short space of time, you know the song, well, you know the lyric, and, and you can sing along. And that, that's obviously an important part of some some songs anyway, yeah. to get that familiarity. The other thing, alternatively, is you can have a song which has little or no rhyme in it and still seems to work. And that, to me, is interesting. The fact that you can have a song that you, you're constantly looking for or anticipating a rhyme and it never comes. Yeah, uh, I don't know what other art form you would have that in. It's an interesting thing to to have, um, to, to have a song where it feels comfortable, it feels right, it sounds good, it's telling a story, and yet I never had a rhyme in there anywhere in the song. And how, how do they manage that? It's Obviously it's prose, it's like what you would have in poetry, um, but it's just an interesting one because we're, yeah. because we're so conditioned to look for rhymes and to listen for rhymes and to hear them in songs because of the, the whole culture of pop music. Um, so to have a song like we were discussing before about uh, America by Paul Simon, yes. he has no use in there of any rhyme that I can tell in any of the lines, and yet it doesn't feel forced, it doesn't feel uncomfortable, it feels very conversational, uh, and everything flows without you ever thinking... Well, hold on a minute, I feel a bit disappointed because I'm not getting any rhymes here. Yes, um, there is no anticipation. I remember the first time I heard it and I thought, it's just extremely beautiful. I mean, it's got beautiful intro, it's got beautiful chords. Um, It's one of those songs that I still play um, regularly, um, simply because I like the feel of it. But like you say, I've never had a point where 
I have noticed, in fact, it's a really recent discovery um, that it doesn't have any rhymes mm. because it, the song tells whatever story it's telling. Mm. And for me, it's a bit like, um, it, referring back to what I said earlier, it's a song that almost tells a story. Mm. It feels like it's telling the story, you feel engaged in it, but there's no completion, there's mm. no end to anything. We know there's two people on the bus um, smoking cigarettes, which, you know, uh, <laughs> you couldn't have that song these days. Um, but it's, it's, I believe, one of the perfect songs. Well, the thing about it for me is, if you think about it as a, um, if you were to express it as a different art form, it's a bit like if you had a painter who put a few brush strokes onto a canvas and you filled in the gaps to make the picture or a sculptor who implied the shape of something but you didn't get it fully and your eye makes up the difference and, and sees the overall picture. That to me is, is how that song plays out. That you complete the story in your head, you're visualizing it the whole time while Paul Simon's telling you this story and you probably, I don't know, but in my case, you, you're trying to imagine yourself being the, the, person who's telling the story and riding on the bus uh, even though you never were there you you somehow are transplanted into that environment and you feel like you're on the bus with Kathy and you're, you're looking out the window and, and the moon rose over the open field and he just does a, a fantastic job of, of putting these little images throughout the song that make you feel like you could be there like you're the narrator, yeah. and I think that's part of its magic, and I think it always has been. You know, I hadn't been anywhere in that part of America whenever I first heard the song, and it was written a long, long time before I was even probably around. But uh, you know, he, he, something that a lot of American songs do is they use place names, and the place names are really interesting place names. You know, you'll get things like. Wichita Lineman and Glen Campbell's song and you'll get um, New Jersey Turnpike he mentions in, yeah. in the song or you've got Saginaw you know I'm thinking wow what, what's this mystical place called Saginaw yeah. if I went there I'd probably be very disappointed very yeah. disillusioned but you know that's a part of the magic of, of the songs that came out of America of a certain time period that they use these place names which just have a certain sort of magical sound and it it, it it rolls off the tongue, but it feels strange, and and I think things like that also in that song for me, it, it perks up my ears a bit. It makes me interested in the song. I think, wow, it took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw. Where where the hell is Saginaw? There are other things that might happen when you listen to a song. Uh, so uh, the year that came out, the summer it came out. I met um, a young woman from the States who called herself Saginaw. And I said, Saginaw? And she said, yeah, like in the song. Really? And I thought that was just great. But, it's you know, I can't listen to the song without seeing this. Um, it was a couple of friends uh, who travelled to Europe and they decided to come and have a look at, at Belfast. Um, and they were only there for a couple of days. So, um, you know, it wasn't like... Eventy relationship or anything. Yeah. Just met them, yeah. had a coffee, um, but it was just yeah, Saginaw, like in the song. It really yeah. sticks cool. out, doesn't it? Yeah. And the thing as well is that's part of the we've we've spoken about this before, I'm sure, in one of the other podcasts. 
part of the magic of music is that it can transport you to a place in time and put you in that place where you were when you first heard the song or when it was played quite a lot and you you know you've developed memories around it and it's interesting that you know you've got that particular memory attached to the song which obviously would be an individual experience yeah um, but each of us remembers something about that time that we heard a particular song in sometimes they've got strong memories sometimes that they're not so strong but they might come back later but you know songs are not just things that appear hmm. um, and then disappear and you've got no connection with them if we if we didn't connect through memory and through emotions then nobody would ever be a successful musician because hmm. we wouldn't bother but actually we keep buying the records we keep listening to the music um, in our case we keep playing those covers when, when we get a chance um, I, I've just noticed and I should mentioned that we're not called the rambling men for no reason it's because we ramble we started talking about rhyme. about rhyme and we end up talking about a song that has no rhyme whatsoever somewhere in between there are juicy little bits of information I hope <laughs> rhymes might be important but I don't think you need to get too hung up on the rhymes either yeah. because it's a bit like I said before about a brush stroke on a canvas can imply a shape and then you can fill in the, get, the gaps. If you get too hung up on trying to structure a song around the rhymes, it can be a bit like a situation where it's colored by numbers and you see too much of the work that's gone into creating the picture. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, that's a good way to put it. Um, and again, just referring back to what we said, I, I can't emphasize this enough. If the rhymes aren't working, use your rhyming dictionary to find an alternative, and you might find that you have to rewrite bits of your work. However, the word for that is practice. It's not failure. It's not wasted time. It's practice. And the more you work at what you're doing, and that's really the point of it, is occasionally a song seems to just turn up. But don't expect that to be the norm. Well, I it's what I thought happened when I was a kid. That yeah. People just had songs fully formed in their heads. Mostly, you got to work at it. Yeah. Um, and you need some tools. It's like an archer. You know, the first time they go up to, to fire at a target, they're not guaranteed they're going to hit the bullseye. But by doing it repeatedly over and over again, they hone the skills, they get more accurate, and eventually they start to get nearer and nearer to where they want to be. And I think that's the same same way of looking at anything you want to do in life. If you want to get better at it, you have to put in the practice. You have to put in the effort. I did archery for a little while, and I became very good at dropping arrows into my foot. <laughs> okay, we are going to have to think about um, bits of music to put in as well. I think I'm going to put one in this time, which is a very simple little song that I wrote um, called I Never Knew. I'll never forget And I 
What are you going to be having? Okay, I'm going to try something different. I've just had an idea for a song. And I'm going to play what I've got. If you listen to it and you like it, let me know. If you listen to it and you think you could put this in, send me a suggestion. Um, only clean suggestions, by the way. But, yeah. I, th- I think that could be an interesting exercise because we can then get a grasp of a before and after and we can put it on again once you've completed it at another time so it's a bit of seeing songwriting in action so this is my song idea it's called Holes Got a hole in my stocking, got a hole in the sole of my shoe A holes fill my pockets, I've lost all I've got to lose Full of holes Full of holes My mind is not empty, but it leaks like a sieve Oh, my best idea have drained away and I'm nothing left to give. I'm full of holes. Full of holes. And we're rapidly approaching the point when you can hear the words of Autumn Dawn Leader. But first, a song called Bottle. 
Um, I I always knew I wanted to be a singer from the time I was very young. I started performing when I was four years old. Um, uh, my my mother was a professional uh, musician, um, and up until I was sixteen, I was perfectly content with singing and interpreting other people's songs. I really didn't consider songwriting myself. Um, even though I had favorite songwriters that I really enjoyed listening to, um, uh, people people like James Taylor, um, Carol King, you know, and I, I loved I, I loved their stuff. I never really considered um, songwriting myself until I was sixteen, and then randomly a friend of mine um, took me to uh, a conference that uh, strangely was going on at her church, and a big part of that happened to be this songwriting like symposium thing and um and the bug hit i came back from a day of that and was like i, I want to write my own stuff now I, I i need i need to express my my own words um and so 
I sat down at the piano, which I had greatly ignored for really years. I mean, I had been taught the piano, uh, classically trained vocalist, but because I had really just wanted to sing other people's stuff up until then, I really didn't think, oh, I, you know, I really should be serious about playing an instrument. I was like, I was like, my mother will always be there to play for me. Well, no, I think I finally realized my mother's not always going to be there, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's that's where it all that's where it all began. And so I, I went to the went to the piano and kind of refreshed myself on what I do there. And uh, at 16, I wrote my first song and never looked back. I mean, that was it. And after that, you know, occasionally, occasionally now you'll hear me do a cover, but it's very rare. It's mm. it's all my own stuff now. My first song um, was. Uh, um, I was I was pretty I was pretty churchy at the time, which is why it was this this church gathering thing that I went to. So uh, it was it was a it, it was one of those kind of praise and worship type songs. I I don't I mean I'm not there anymore in my life, um, so I don't do it anymore. Um, uh, the first song that I wrote that wasn't in that vein, which were coming up on twenty. Uh, 20- seven years 27 28 years i do still do that that's the dream which you've heard me do in several different ways sometimes with a guitar accompaniment sometimes with a piano accompaniment and i still do that one yeah um i came i, I moved here in 2004 so that's the uh, other people can do the maths my first um kind of entry into performing here came in 2006 and uh, I was working for a company um, uh, as a receptionist. And one of the uh, computer um, guys sent out a random email that said, Oh, my, my band is looking for a uh, lead singer because our lead singer is, is going solo. Uh, and, uh, and so we're holding open auditions. And um, my bo- my di- my direct boss actually sent me an email, an email and said, "Well, over to you, Autumn, because on my CV had been my my previous, obviously, you know, uh, pre- previous uh, experience in performing." And so I sh- I shot him off a message saying say, saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I- I'd be interested in in uh, in uh, auditioning for you. What kind of music do you?" do and he says well it'd be better if you actually came and saw us so I went they did mostly Nottinghamshire gigs and they were a covers band but they were really good six six piece excellent band Um, I auditioned with about five or six other people Um, I was the last to audition and apparently it was according to them that there was there was no contest I had it as soon as I opened my mouth which was lovely um uh, and and that was not really my first entry into doing anything over here. Um, and then when when that band kind of d- dissolved because uh, a, a couple of the guys wanted to retire, I had the kids. Um, and then it was really trying to find where the scene was around here. And um, I was introduced to the Loughborough Acoustic Club. And from that, um, I met Steve Cartwright. 
and that kind of uh, singer songwriter for, for for the listeners, a, a, a very popular folk singer songwriter from Leicestershire, um, and a few other. Uh, singer songwriters who were visiting who said well you need to come into Leicester and see the scene over there and of course that got me to the Black Horse and Andy and you you everybody (laughs) I know everyone is is quite different in the way that they write now the the most natural way for me is that I will just have like an like the beginning of an idea it just seems to fall into my head now if I'm out somewhere and I'm not close to an instrument to pick up you know I've gone to gone down to the supermarket to pick up tea um uh, then I will quickly just grab my my phone and jot the words down or the the idea the general idea down um because I've made the mistake in years past going oh I'll remember this and no And it's 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 like Andy Griffiths, who you've um, you've interviewed. <laughs> One of his songs got to write it down. You know, you are not going to remember it. And far too many times, I've oh oh, that's so good. I'll remember. Or I've I've woken up with in the middle of the night and woken up with great ideas. Oh, I'll remember that in the morning. Have no have no clue what it was. So I'll I'll jot it down really quickly on the on the phone if I'm somewhere at home or somewhere with one of my instruments um i tend to write lyrics and music simultaneously um and it it all kind of kind of flows together and i'll get a a part like you know i'll get a, a part of the verse or the chorus and I'll, you know, and I'll have a piece of paper. Uh, I don't tend to have a favorite pen or piece of paper. It's whatever scrap is around, whatever pen I can find, and and write as I go along. And and then it all, and, you know, then it all eventually comes together. Um, my best songs seem to be songs that I've written all in one go. Um, but there are those that you know have taken a few days to kind of. Or, or even a few months to to get to where I want them, but most of them are quite, um, you know, quite a, a quick process of if I can get to an instrument and I can sit down with it in a piece of paper uh, and and just you know do sing and play a bit. Oh yes, that works. That chord that chord would be nice there. That works with that. Write it down. Jot down. You know what key I'm in and you know, and general chord progression of it, and um, and then go on to the next bit, and that's the easiest way for me to write. Yeah, for me, a lot of it is um, exorcising demons. I think it's uh, very personal. Um, my, my 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 style isn't like hers, but I have have been compared in the past to Joni Mitchell. In her way of, she just wrote very personal stuff. Really didn't care if anyone else got it. Didn't matter. And where it's an added bonus if someone relates to what I write. That's lovely, and 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 I want that. But for me, it's it's more this this therapeutic thing of getting out how I'm feeling how I'm coping with what situation I'm in, um, relationships, friendships, 
music itself, uh, you know, the daily news, whatever, whatever the, the the situation is, it's 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 like how it's personally affecting me, um, and a lot of, because I have uh, I have suffered with with mental illness and depression and anxiety. A lot of it comes from that and dealing with that in a way of just expressing that in a in a in a non-destructive way if i didn't have music i i think i i think i would really go off the rails somewhere at least with this and you you kind of have the 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 benefit that you know sometimes something really quite lovely comes out of it and you know you know something so dark and something that really affects you in a negative way but then you can can sing it and then and there's therapy in just the expressing it um and then the added if if someone else oh you know i i know that feeling i understand that and oh someone else someone i'm not alone someone else has felt that but yeah it's that's it's it's very it's very for me it's very personal I, i've had people say to me well, why don't you write you know they'll, they'll request oh would you write about such and such um and i'm like well you know i'd love to write about such and such but I can't get there from here is always my line because if it doesn't if it doesn't touch me personally and and really have have a visceral effect on me I really struggle to write about it you know surround yourself with supportive people that uh, that has really been uh, a lovely Th- the 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 fella like yourself and and Andy who we've mentioned and Matt of course and, and other singer songwriters in the area that I've become friends with and who are supportive and you know we you know we post stuff on our little group and and get you know get feedback um, that support is is as is really quite helpful. And very focusing, actually. Um, when I was before I knew anyone else really in the scene, and, and was sort of like this lone a- agent, um, it, was, it was quite lonely, and you you have no one to bounce ideas back and forth on. So it's just like you don't because I, mean, I know some people are good at at at, at writing collaboratively, with, you know, with others and others aren't. It's, I'm not saying that you particularly need to write with someone else. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens naturally and it's lovely. But it's just nice to have a supportive group uh, of fellow songwriters that you respect and that you trust their their opinions. Um, uh, that kind of say, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that really works. I like that. May, maybe try, try this, try, you know, maybe, oh, this, this might be nice in there. Um, and that's just, it's just that lovely support, um, that really helps. The, the other thing I'd say for, for, for people just starting out is, um, just keep doing it. Because you, a lot of stuff, you, you're going to throw loads of stuff away. There's stuff that's going to be just crap. <laughs> you know, it's good. But uh, th- there will be times when inspiration will hit and you will pick up your pen and afterwards you will look at that piece of paper or that recording that you've made and go, my goodness, 
I wrote that? It, it was it was like you were a conduit for the song. And the song, I sometimes say, the song writes me rather than I write the song. And because it, it'll just like, just, you know, it, it uses me like this vessel. Um, and, 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 and you go, wow. So just, just keep doing it. But don't, don't be a lone agent is, is I think the biggest thing. Surround yourself with people that you, that you, you trust and you will allow to speak into your life because it makes a difference. Um, as far as what's next for me, you know, gigs are, are starting to just, you know, had the one, had one last week. I have a, a big one, which you are playing at, uh, on the 30th of, of June, which is an album launch. Uh, and it's, it, my bit is sort of this one woman dramatic show with poetry reading bits and stuff along with the songs and, and bits of, of, of information that has, it, it, you know, that inspired these these songs and, and playing the songs themselves, and that's called I Autumnus, and so that's at the the musician in Leicester on the thirtieth of June. I'm really looking forward to that, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to your set, of course. And Mick Mangan is also um, supporting, and he's he's another amazing. Um, uh, local singer-songwriter. Um, so it's going to be a wonderful night. Um, uh, and there's still some tickets. So, you know, so people need to, to need to get on there and, and buy that before, before they're all sold out. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, as far as for what's, what's after that, it's, it's sort of hard to know because we have been so long of not knowing what's going to happen. I'm hoping, obviously, that things will get back to a, a state of normality where more gigs will come in and and we'll be gigging on a, a at least a, a semi regular basis because I really miss going out and doing that and performing live. I mean, it's it's, it's lovely recording stuff, but there's nothing like the dynamic of 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 a live audience and and seeing those people that you know the the stuff online that the Facebook live stuff it's kept us sane and it's wonderful. It's been there. But there is no comparison between being in uh, w- with an audience that's right there in front of your face, as opposed to waiting for emojis to come up and little little clappy faces to come up on on Facebook. So that's what I mean. It's like I, I mean, it's really what my hopes are. I mean, I don't, I can't say for sure what's next. It's just I hope that things will open up and I'll be going around gigging places again. What is your favourite chord currently? Oh my! Oh my favourite chord. Even if you don't know what it's called, <laughs> you could play it for us. Oh, you want me? To, um, I am quite fond of. Let's see, C diminished. I think this is probably one of my favourites. C diminished seventh is also quite nice. So. Okay, there you go. A diminished, then a diminished sentence called if you want to get something really tense into your song. Yes, yes. Awesome. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Patty. Thank you.
broken I am So easily scarred All that's left here Are the shards of my heart No, it's not killing me But it sure isn't making me strong It isn't making me better It's only made me worse It's only making me worse And you can call it a learning curve You can say it's a blessing in disguise I'll call it what it is I don't find comfort in your pretty lies You can call it a lesson learned You can say that it's somebody's gain I'll tell you what it is It's loss, it's grief, it's pain I'll tell you what it is Everyone gets battered Every one of us bruised But some of us seem to have So much more we lose No, it's not killing me But I sure do wish it would Then it would be over The hurt gone for good Then the hurt would be gone for good You can call it a learning curve You can say it's a blessing in disguise I'll call it what it is I don't find comfort in your pretty lies You can call it a lesson learned You can say that it's somebody's gain I'll tell you what it is It's loss, it's grief, it's pain You can call it a learning curve You can say it's a blessing in disguise I'll call it what it is I don't find comfort in your pretty lies You can call it a lesson learned You can say that it's somebody's gain I'll tell you what it is It's loss, it's grief, it's pain It's loss, it's grief Tell you what it is
Okay, so that brings us to the end of our third podcast. We are the Rambling Men. I'm um, sorry, Matt. That's all right. I was going to ramble over your rambling. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us to the end of our third podcast. Uh, we are the Rambling Men. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. I'm Rambling Matt. I'm Rambling Paddy. And together, we are Rambling, rambling Men. men.